Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Reverend Betty King has been a minister of the gospel for more than 30 years and is the senior pastor of Truth Fine Church in Wembley. She is a renowned prayer warrior and an apostolic prophet to the nations who is fairy and passionate in her devotion, obedience and quest for deeper intimacy with God. She founded the Betty King International Ministries, BKIM, in 1998 as a prayer and intercession ministry for people in need. BKIM has since become a dynamic prophetic hub of prayer, community outreach and revival based in Wembley, London. She is internationally recognized as one of the prophetic generals of the faith and her ministry has touched and transformed the lives of many across spheres of society. Reverend Betty is a sought-after and respected speaker on various Christian TV and radio platforms and she sits on the board of God TV. She is a mother of three wonderful children, a grandmother to three amazing grandchildren and a great-grandmother to her beautiful great-grandchild. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to Reverend Betty King to the Pursuit of God Conference 2021. Hello and welcome to the Pursuit of God 2021. My name is Reverend Betty King. Thank you so much, Pastor Agu and the senior leadership of Jesus House uh, for asking me to be a speaker at this conference. I feel so blessed that you will ask me. Thank you so much. Now the theme of this uh, year's conference is a new day of destiny and what a theme it's truly a god-chosen theme for each and every one of us on this call watching and those who watch later the year 2020 prophetically was called the year of clarity and boy have we all got the clarity that we needed now i think we could all do better and those uh, of us who have yielded to the processes of the Holy Spirit over this, during this lockdown, we know that we, could, we see things differently and really more yielded to the things of the Spirit. Not that we didn't know God, we knew God, we know uh, what he wanted us to do, but somehow there were sticking points in all our lives because of things we have not submitted fully to him or things that we've not addressed. Now, as I was uh, uh, talking with uh, the Holy Spirit, I'd ask him what I should bring. And uh, it would tie into the scripture that I was given from uh, Song of Solomon chapter 2 and Isaiah 43. But I felt the Holy Spirit gave me Numbers chapter 27, um, how uh, five women got up and changed the laws of God himself. And then how Joshua was appointed to lead. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ, by the end of the session, you really will have the courage to stand up and really change and come away with the Lord. We are called um, by an almighty God, to, by a very powerful God. And if we're not careful or do things right in this season, 
We will do church as a business. We will do church as a, an organization instead of what the church is meant to be, the glory in the midst. I said in Psalm 1110, we would rule in the midst of our enemies. But I think many people, because we have not resolved uh, certain issues from our past or really yielded when the Holy Spirit is pinpointing some things in our lives, we've not yielded for the change. And so then it's become the new normal. And what we've done is build things around as we, we, we have justified our dysfunction by the seeming uh, breakthroughs that we are experiencing or the things that we our soul has produced and attributing that to the Holy Spirit, which is as an insult to the nature of God because what is birthed by the Spirit will be sustained by the Spirit and so I just really want to read the scripture and then I unpack it a bit and then we pray as uh, Numbers chapter 27 then came the daughters of Zelophehad the son of Heber the son of Gilead the son of Malka the son of Manasseh from the families of Manasseh the son of Joseph and these were the names of his daughter Malah Noah Holak, Micah, and Tizar. And they stood before Moses, before Eliezer the priest, before the leaders and all the congregation, by the doorway of the tabernacle of the meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in the company with Korah. But he died in his own sins. Sorry, I'm just overcoming a cold, so bear with me. And he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed? From among his family, because he had no son, he was a possession among our father's uh, brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their fathers to be passed to them. Wow. Now, you, we know the journey that uh, the children of Israel have been on uh, coming out of uh, Egypt, the processes that they have to go, uh, go through. Now they are at the summit. They are the place where Moses was coming to the end of his life. And basically what the Lord was doing, or each and every one uh, of the children of Israel, uh, what was happening to them is that uh, God was giving them their portion. They could see the promised land. They could see the hope. They could see the future. And these girls clearly hadn't, uh, you know, didn't feel that they had any possession with where they were going. Why? The law of nature has denied them completely. The father didn't have a son. Not that he didn't try. Clearly, when you look at their names, the meaning of their names, in the culture that they come from, the man has to inherit uh, uh, from their father. And the firstborn daughter, she was born, and the father names her sickness. Okay, can you just imagine when the man, when she was born, the, the father goes, hello, what am I having? And it's a, it's a woman, and then he names her Malah, sickness. You know, can you just imagine what she had to live with? And then the second one's come, uh, the second daughter come, um, and then he, uh, Noah, he names uh, her rest. Okay, he names her rest. Then the, uh, the third one, thinking that it would be a boy, he names her Hol Holak. You know what holak mean? Holak mean wobbling, unsure, wobbling. You know, one that wobbles. And then the uh, the next one come Milka. He names her queen and counsel. I don't know whether he was consol consoling himself to say, well, at least you know. Uh, I don't know. You know, I can assume here. But he names her queen, and then Tizak comes. He names her delight and pleasantness. There you can see that he's brought division in his family. 
the stigma that these girls have to live with based on their father's dysfunction. And by the way, Zalafed also means darkness or shadows. So the, there's a whole lot of issues that's going on in this man's family, and he has named the daughters with. And many of us eh, watching this, you can testify to this. You have to live with division. You have to live with stigma. You have to live with also sorts of fears and insecurity where we, in the body of Christ, we see somebody favored, think, we think that a person is favored, and we are not favored. In spite of uh, whatever backgrounds that we are coming from, we've been called by God. And the one who called us, know, and he know he called us knowing that he's got the power and the ability as we yield to him to bring transformation in our lives. Somehow we come to him, we experience him. And the scripture in Song of Solomon chapter 2 talks about the, 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 the beloved telling the bride, now it's time for you to come away. Uh, 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 with me, coming away with him uh, because of the hope, uh, the, the, the smell of the flowers, uh, the things are blooming again. And that's where the church is at now. Okay, we know we have come from all these backgrounds. We know these issues are going on in the body of Christ. But right now, drawing the spirit, what God is used to really cut things off, we know we need more. We know we need more. Needing more does not mean that what we feel and what we know goes away. But it's just our ability to trust God, knowing that these issues are there. And every time that we want to rise up to change these issues, stuff will come up. Can you just imagine they've come to the summit now and, and there's the invitation for greatness. You're hearing prophetic words. You are, are, are being told by God dreams. Your spirit man has come alive in spite of the foundation. Now, the other thing I need to mention before I forget is that in the DNA of these girls, was the DNA of Joseph, a forerunner. Okay, so there's something redemptive in them that God is trying to stir about the redemptive purposes in their life. The forerunner anointing to come out, not the issues, not the issues that has defined them or named them. And in every believer right now, the reason why God has chosen and called us is that there's a redemptive purpose in us. In every family that we come from, there's something good in us. And God wants to redeem that. So they've come to this summit, they've come to this place right now where they've pushed and they decide that they are not going to put up with the normal anymore. They are not going to put up with what seemed like the normal anymore. What did they do? They got up. Now, can you just imagine? These girls get up. They have a meeting. Hey, girls, we fought long enough that he liked you. And by the way, these women, because they didn't have the inheritance, never got married. None of them. They were all single women, you know. They were all single women uh, simply because of the, the laws that govern them has made it impossible. They had nothing to give, so nobody would touch them. And many of you will be feeling that. You know, that I don't have anybody because I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have that. We all will feel that at this time. You want to do right by God. You want to really serve God fully. But you see your lack. You see. If I make the right decision, if I get up now... And, I, and do what God wants me to do. Am I going to get the help? Should I let go of my old connections that has compromised me? Should I let go of the things that I know, I, the, the, the places I sit and I know I'm being compromised? The places that I sit, the conversations that I have been part of, but it's compromised my life. The mindset, the culture. Meanwhile, inside of each and every one of us, the redemptive purposes of God. There's a wooing, a pulling together for greatness. And God requires that. And we must give it to, to him. What did they do? They got out. 
They got up. They got up. And the first thing they probably will have to do is that, hey, Mala, get up. But here's the thing, though. When during the process, this woman's name was changed from Mala to pardoned, you must learn to pardon yourself from where you think you've made the mistakes. Okay? You must learn to pardon yourself. The name Mala was changed now to pardon. I really encourage you to study these names. I, I just, I'm a good student of it because I love every, I personally believe that every word in the Bible is for us to really explore. The Holy Spirit will give us understanding. But when they got up, before they approached Moses and the elders, they needed to fix their identity. They needed to change the way they were perceived. They needed to, to, to really change the way they, that they, they perceive things, the way they think, the way that they dress, the way they do stuff. They couldn't care about who knows about their widowhood, who knows about what they didn't, they didn't have. They were rising up to go for exactly what they know that God Almighty to, uh, can give to them because of the DNA of Joseph that was in their lives. They got up and the sisters got up. The second one, uh, 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 Noah, meaning rest. You know, many people are resting and they've put boundaries around the same su the successes. You know what? I I'm okay the way that I am. And so I don't have to rock the boat. I don't have to really do this God thing so much. I don't have to go around the supernatural. I, I, I have what it takes. I, I have the friends, you know, the little things. But there is more. Listen to me. If any of us watching this or the believers, if we got all that it takes, we will not be wrestling and wriggling. Song of Solomon chapter 2. The bridegroom tells the bride, come away with me. But then when you read Song of Solomon chapter 3, she said, by night on my bed, I saw the one I love. She was now wriggling. She was now travailing. She was now in turmoil. She's encountered the lover. We've encountered Jesus Christ. But stuff, 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 stuff is still going on. We're not fixed. We're not fixed. We've encountered him. We sing it. Hallelujah. We lie down. And yet, information. Yet, control. Yet, stuff has got a way to stab out the very anointing. And so, it's almost like every time you get up to do something, even in a place of rest, thinking you're connected, you have what it takes, you're being kryptonite. What do I mean by that? The anointing leaves you without even knowing, how did I get here? I'll give you an example. I'm very, very sensitive in terms of uh, being in an environment and knowing what's there. Very, very, very sensitive. And so when I walk into an environment or before I go to a place to preach or before I step into a place, I would just really stand for a moment to discern my atmosphere. When I begin to discern my atmosphere, the first thing I would do, what is tempting me? What is intimidating me? And based on what I am feeling, I just draw strength from the Holy Spirit, from the lover, from the strength that I felt when I was with Jesus Christ, from the assurance that I get when uh, uh, I am in communion with Jesus Christ through his word, through his impartation. I draw strength that it does no matter what I don't have going into that environment is enough for me. And that's where God wants us to come. There will be those intimidations, you know, but if we're not careful in order uh, for us to feel comfortable, to avoid drama, we come into a place of rest. And that's what this man named the daughter. Listen to me. By the time she got up moving to uh, Moses, she was no longer, her name was no longer called rest. Her name was called movement. 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 Church, 
We are not called to put boundaries around us. We are not called to put fences around us. We are called to be a movement. And movements will collide with different people coming together. These women were building the five-fold ministry. They were, they, they were the fit, the grace that is needed. They were building together to approach God for God himself to change his laws. Then the third girl, the third one, a hogger, hobbling. You know, hobbling. She's been just wobbly, inconsistent. All of those, she, she's been uh, uh, doing all of that. And then by the time that this woman got up, prepared enough to uh, approach Moses and the leaders at, at the, uh, the place of the tabernacle, her name was no longer wobbling. She was dancing. Now, here's the thing, though. Unity in the church. I love uh, Song of Solomon. I mean, it's one of my favorite books ever. And uh, in, uh, I think in chapter 6, uh, in the end, he says, are you, uh, you know, dance like the dance of angels. But obviously we know that what that means is the dance of the two sides, the dance of the mighty men. We as the church wobble here. I remember going to a, a place to preach. And then when, if I mentioned that your enemies will die, people get up, amen. And the other one would say, I would say, you must also learn to forgive. The other one will rise up to say, amen. They were dancing, hobbling, you know against each other, the division in the room when you're preaching because the message is not going through, that the message coming is to fix us, to unite us, not to fight against one another. So she keeps hobbling, inconsistent on all of that. But by the time she got the message, the change must come. She was no longer uh, hobbling anymore. She grabbed hold of her sisters and they began to dance, the dance of angels, the dance of unity that will command the blessing. That was what her name Change came about. And then obviously, the favored one, Milka, queen and council. There will be those that God will prepare and use among us. And in this season, for the church, for the body of Christ, to learn to be one, to approach God for laws that has been made to change, we need to recognize those that have been chosen in our midst and not kill them. Listen to me. No man, you and I, cannot change when the favor of God is another person, we can. We can gossip away, we can discredit away, but ultimately, you will stand or sit or lie down and see the favor of God in another human being. And I tell you, you will lie on that bed to say, God, what is about this person? Why not me? You don't have to say that. You can lie on your bed to say, our God, he is God. Why? Because what these women did not have excluded them seemingly from inheritance there are some people that don't have what you have, and God is blessing them. And we need to see how this balance in the body of Christ. We can't have it all. Guess what? When we begin to do that, it takes away the selfishness. It takes away the greed. So we learn to see where the fire is at, where the favor is at, using wisdom to partner for an explosion. And then the final name, teaser, delight pleasantness. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine when the church rise up as one? The delight that we give. It's pleasant. How good and pleasant the brothers would dwell together in unity, in one accord. So that's the name of these people. They knew what was good in them. They knew what was bad in them. They fixed it. They changed the names that was bad from the uh, uh, Mela sickness to pardon. You know, from the one hobbling to the dancer, from the one resting to movement, combined with the two favorite words, and they got up and approached.
Jesus house for everyone that is watching. You're going to have to really begin to look at the names you call yourself. Look at where you really are denying God's hand in your life to say, this is an area where I want to change. The thing is that when you want to change and when you want to get up to approach the courts of heaven boldly, the moment you get up, people will remember you were once my lad, but that's not your problem to stop to fix it. The moment you get up, there will be the things that you've done in the past that will begin to come up. That's not your problem. Because if you are yielding to come away with Jesus Christ, he's able to cover that too. The Bible says they got up, they got up, they got up. Can you just imagine what was going on when Moses and Eliezer suddenly see these five girls, these five old mates approaching the tabernacle? My God, what would it take for you to approach the courts of heaven? The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. When you know and you know that the one that we serve, he's merciful and he's able to change your circumstances, you don't sit anymore, you get up. And so a new day of destiny, get up, get up, get up, and go to the source, the one who saved us, the one who delivered us. He's not an organization. He is the all-powerful, the all-knowing God. Remember that. So that we don't take it for granted in this season, that we don't take the presence of God for granted. They got up and they began to approach Moses and Eliezer. I wish I was there to see that sight. These women walking. And everyone said, I'm a lie. Yeah, that's her. She's going there. Oh, is that a Holger? And she's no longer hopping. She's dancing there. She knew it was her legal right because the redemptive purposes in her, my goodness, is being pulled out. And these women are going together as one, not as individual. The other queen, teaser, the pleasantness can cover. Can cover. We need to learn to cover one another. They approached Moses and they stated their case. Now, this is where we state our case. Moses, here's what they were saying. We were not part of the law of nature. That's God's issue. God, you know, you created the laws, and this is how you created the laws, that a man should inherit. Our father didn't have one. Okay? So the law of nature is way against us, but we, it's not our problem. You made this. You, you gave us to our father. It's not my fault that I don't have what is required to succeed. It's not your fault that you don't have what it takes, but you go to God with it. You don't go to God with it, not pick up a phone. You go to God with it. You get up now and you they, they approach Moses and they laid their case down. They, 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 they started, you know, my our father didn't have a son. They, you know, it's not my fault. I don't have many of you. I've prayed for years. Lord, bless me with that. Bless me with that. And God has denied you. Do you really think that if you, that prayer is not answered, that's not mean that you can't fulfill your purpose or destiny? God forbid. There's absolutely nothing that can stop you in fulfilling your destiny unless yourself, you yourself, will be the one that stopped you. You must know the nature of God that if you don't have what it takes, he has what he can give you to fulfill your purposes. So long as you know how to stand when you're being ridiculed, so long as you know how to stand, so long as he's inside of you, there will be somebody that sees your value and push you where you meant to. But you must be consistent enough for someone to find you. You must stop hobbling around. You must stay in that one place. When the right time and somebody take a, a look at the right, and oh, they're still standing there. That's consistency. What the Holy Spirit is looking for from the church now is consistency. Can you love consistently? Consistently, even when it feels like people are rejecting you. Oh, I remember when the Lord was dealing with rejection in me. 
You know, you go to places and people will say no. And then you say, oh, me, me. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't live life just blaming other people. What is in you that makes that happen? Have you done anything wrong? Are you strong? Uh, uh, is there somebody intimidated by you? Then I realized, wait a minute. This thing is to turn the heart. I now begin to be the healer of other people's rejection. Because what will make another person to get up to say no? It's because of their own insecurity. When you see it that way, you turn this thing around into ministry. But you must be consistent. Otherwise, you'll be everywhere. Everywhere. This one don't like me, so I don't have this. If only I know this person, I will fulfill my destiny. They got up. They got up as one. When they got up, they approached the throne. My goodness. And everybody was now watching them. You, you read the story. It tells you it wasn't a hidden thing. Everyone has to see you get up and know your stuff and talk. And you still have to trust God. Where God and his angels said, we've got this. We have got this. Because the story is about to change because they got up. They approached Moses. They stated their case. Our father didn't have a son. It's not our fault. And then they went to the next point. He wasn't part of the rebellion of Korah. But he died in his own son. What a minute. What are these girls saying? Whatever that took place with our father, that caused him to die. We were not there. Some of you need to get over your past and your family issues, going from one place to another, saying that my mother was in witchcraft, my auntie was in so-so-and-so, my father was august, so-so, whatever that background we're coming from. We were not there when it happened. I wasn't there. I wasn't there when my dad messed up. I wasn't there when my mom messed up. But they were the vehicle in which we came. And we cannot change our background. Because right now, right here, in Christ, Jesus knows everything about our background. But he still chose us because of the redemptive purposes that's in our lives. I wasn't there. I was not there when it happened. I mean, it became my theme with God. Often when I'm believing for something... And you get, sorry, you get these judgments pop up to say, oh, this is something that you have to deal with. Of course, in the past, I have dealt, gone and dealt with historic things in my family. The bloodline issue have all that cut. And that's something some of you need to learn to do. The teachings that we must allow is the, the teachings where Satan have made us ignore it to say, to say that it's not for us. There are bloodline issues that we need to address. And the power of God, the one who is called us is able to uh, do that too. But these women in, in this particular story, when they got up and ap they approached Moses, what were they doing? They were dealing with their bloodline issues. They were dealing with the guilt of their past. They addressed it. They acknowledged it. They addressed it. And they say, that was what took place. Now, you're going to have to change the law. My goodness. The forerunner in them was coming out. The Joseph in these ones that changed nations. That legacy, that seed of sacrifice in Joseph was speaking on their behalf. So then Moses and the elders have no choice but to go to God. These women were able to change the laws of nature. God has to tell them, you know what? Give them their inheritance. Because I, God, did not give them the son. And because the father didn't have a son, you can't deny these women. If you go down later and read the chapters, 36, all these women got married right after these changes were made. Their curse was broken and they were fully restored. Here's the thing, though. I wonder how many of us, when God begins to stir up, to rise up, and he'll be, bring these things, these uh, arguments, okay, you know, because that's what this pandemic would have done. I remember just sitting down and asking God, okay, hey, why did that happen in my family? 
And he showed me the root cause of it. And I used that to pray. Some of you, the Lord will point things out to you. Don't just go, Tafiakwa. It's not Tafiakwa. Tafiakwa is what you will say. But I'll bind you and I break it. And whatever strategy God will give you to change that is how you pray. You pray strategically. You cannot change your destiny by doing acts and things that you did in the past and didn't work. Here's the thing. Not that we've not prayed. We have prayed and we have fasted. Not that we've not read the Bible. We've been to every program. Oil has been poured in us. So then why are you still wrestling? Why are you still uh, uh, um, struggling to get up to approach God with the stuff that you're trying to hide? Because meanwhile, he wants to change it. Ha, yeah. They got up. They approached Moses. They stated their case. And I believe that the Lord is calling each and everyone, state your case. And when you get to a point, you just have to say to God, God, I wasn't there. I wasn't there in the past. Now, here I am right here, right now. This is what I don't have. And I'm asking you to change my story because it's a new day of destiny. You cannot sit here. We cannot do church seeing what's going on around us and seeing the land that God wants the church to occupy, the potential, and keep using the same formula to try and do what God wants you to do, knowing very well that what you're doing now it's not yielding fruit. Or you can rest and say, after all, I've achieved that. But if you feel that you are at peace, then I bless you. But if not, I submit to you that if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, he wants you to do more. These women were able, when they approached Moses and Moses, Moses inquired of the Lord for them, the laws was changed and God himself had to change his own laws and give the instructions for their inheritance to be given. One of the things that the Lord said to them is that they should not be unequally yoked. And they obeyed that, and these women eventually got married in Numbers chapter 36, as we read that. Now, one of the things I want to say is that do not think that divine justice has abandoned you. If you feel that divine justice has abandoned you, you will just continue to settle you know, you will continue to settle. But there is more, and I believe the Lord is calling his church now to pursue. Then you go down also uh, in Numbers chapter 27, and you read where the Lord now wants Moses to appoint uh, new leaders, to appoint Joshua. So let me uh, uh, um, uh, uh, explain a little bit about Joshua. Joshua, as we know, he was consistent. Joshua was faithful. Joshua went the extra mile. And I believe that in this season and in this hour, Joshua, uh, the Lord is raising up leaders all over the world. He's looking for those that will actually lead the movement, lead the God movement, not a movement that will self-isolate. You know, movements that will connect all the tribes will be able to bring everyone together. And then we come back to the scripture that we were given uh, um, for this uh, conference in Song of Solomon, chapter 2. I love it. I really, really love the scripture so much. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 13, the, the Passion Translation. And this is what it says. Can you not discern the new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. 
the fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. Can you not discern it? Of course we can. We could discern that it's a new day of destiny. We could see that change is here. But there's a sticking point, isn't it? There's so much sticking points now in the body of Christ. If I make this move, will I have the support? Do you know I never had the support? These are the questions some of you will be asking yourself. If I really do God right, would I be supported? Will I have what it needs? Here's the thing, though. If he's calling you, if he's calling you and I to be, to come away with him, then I submit to you, just like the daughters of Zelophehad, he not only will provide for you, he will change the laws for you. He will. He's God. He's God Almighty. The Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And we can continue to do, to build monuments. We can continue to build structures. We can continue to say hallelujah with our hands lifted up, with a prostrating worship in him. And you wake up from the floor, whatever posture you take, in adoring him and know the stuff. No, 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 that somebody says something right now, you will back, you will react. You, you, the person that you don't like walk in front of you, all of a sudden you'll be kryptonite, lose your anointing because that issue has not been addressed. And church, God is telling us to address the issues. Many of you have put your hands to murder. We choose to be loyal to places without finding out the truth because the Bible talks about God looking for bridges. And now, new days of destiny in God is building bridges. We have in state men and women, men and women of valor, the forerunner anointed in the body of Christ in the church, sitting down and talking about these issues. I want to share something with you. I remember one time the Lord asking me, how far would I go, uh, you know, for what he wants to do in my life? Then the question I ask is that, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? And I said, no, let me correct that. It doesn't matter what you would do in my life. You've brought me so far. I know that without you, I will not be here. So you just tell me what I must do and I would do. Then uh, he then turned back to say, Betty, there's nothing you have to do because everything that you've gone through, I've prepared you for such a time as this. Why am I saying that? Some of you need to go back and look at your journal. Some of you need to look at the journey you've been on. That is preparation that you've gone through and ask God to give grace and promote it. That's right. Ask God to take it off. To say past. And what must be removed? What is the sticking point now? That you know you walked through some hard journeys. You know you are well prepared, but you can't move into a new day of destiny. What is the sticking point? Is it tradition? Is this culture? What is it? God, what must I let go? How must I get up? from my lack and my fears to come away with you. I see good things happening. I see the promises. We all do see it. The prophecies are coming fast and furious. We could see that the landscape, the potential of the landscape, we could see it although we have more than enough, but there's more God wants to give. There's so much more, so much more. There's a young Christian guy that we know and during this pandemic, I think you may have seen it on the news. God gave him an app. Now he's one of the youngest billionaires. He, he took the isolation to change. He's, he, as you know the story, he was lonely. And he says, well, why am I lonely? 
Why am I sitting here saying that I don't have this? He must change his life. And then he connect with somebody that he not, not necessarily got on with in the past. The rest is history. Sticking points. Sticking point. Sticking points. Things, changes are coming. But you stuck because of stuff that you didn't get the God factor, but you got the man factor. And so because of that, you stuck. You're afraid. But you're going to have to get out. Because he's touched you, hasn't he? Jesus has touched all of us. Right now, we feel more alive and more in love. And if you don't, in a little while, you will. I believe that by the end of this conference, you would have found him. Because the team of this whole thing is the pursuit of God. We are ascending. And in the summit now, where we learn to make the decision that will remove the sticking points in our life, that we will remove the boundaries that we put around ourselves and live and breathe and live. For in him, we move. In him, we live. And in him, we have our being. I love John 14, 26. Jesus said this, that when the Holy Spirit, the helper comes, he will remind us of everything that he's taught us and he will teach us new things. And that's how I want to pray, us to pray today, that the power of the Holy Spirit would again fall on the church. And we, as believers, will learn to relate to the Holy Spirit. We'll learn to partner with the Holy Spirit. That the moments when we have these intimate moments with God, can you just imagine, come away with me. Can you imagine after that period of fasting and praying, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. He loved him. He loved him. Oh God, I would do every single thing. Just come away, come away, come away with me. Get up and come away. And as you begin to get up and come, then you realize that, oh, wait a minute, there's a, there's a sticky point. I'm not sure if I'm ready to let go of that yet. I'm not sure if I want to do that yet. That's okay too. Because if you're being with him, he's covering you. He's cheering you on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going because he will not invite you to leave you. He said that he will never leave you, nor forsake you. He will promote his cause, not your cause. He will promote everything that can be shaken in the world now is being shaken. But when he invites you to come, and if you do not come, the Song of Solomon chapter 3 comes, he says, by night on my bed, I saw the one I love. I sought him, but I couldn't find him. Now I will go about the city. If you can't do it by yourself, get about and go about the city. Fine. Lord, who should I connect with? It's not every place you go for dinner and have a cup of tea or have a bar and, and uh, okra soup, whatever that we do. It's not every place you settle. Some places you go with your car uh, are still running. You know, the engine is still running. You do what God wants you to get, then you get in the car. Naughty Lord, you are gone. There's some places where God will take and bring refreshing. What am I saying? Learn to go to the different places where he's touched. So Malad can then join with Tizah. Malad, uh, Noah can join with Holga. And then we can begin to dance the dance of angels, the dance of unity. Instead of looking at somebody to say, look at you. Thus he said, give me your hand. Let me pull you up. And let's dance the dance of the Mahimian, the dance that will please God. Building a united church anointed church, a supernatural body of Christ. I invite you today as you watching this, this evening, take a deep breath. 
and just call on his name, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's all you do. Jesus. Here's the thing, though. I am believing and praying for you that the words is not something you listen, but your body, your heart will be burned within you. That as you listening to this message, something, the redemptive purpose of God in you will begin to burn. You will not be comfortable to sit anymore. That every word that comes from this day forward, you begin to search and inquire of the Lord. What does that mean? Begin to relate with the Holy Spirit in a way that every time that you hear the word of the Lord, you can see behind what the Lord is trying to express to your heart. Take a deep breath. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Take a deep breath. Stay with him. Oh, precious Jesus, precious Father, I pray for your presence. <laughs> Thank you for your presence. All over the room where these wonderful people are, touch. Lord, give them the understanding as to your ways, the ways you move. And partner with them today, God, for understanding, for clarity, to stand and change their circumstances. Everything that we ever need, we have in you. Everything that we want, we have in you. Holy Spirit, I ask for your ministry for the hearts that are willing. And I ask God that you convict people of the twisted words and break the spirit of Leviathan, of the mindset of people. And we will learn to settle, but move in you. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, have your way. Have your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I break the spirit of limitation. I break it off right now in Jesus' mighty name. I break the spirit of condemnation, guilt, fear. I break that off right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, break that spirit of apathy of my life today in Jesus' mighty name. Let's pray. Riando sika boroshi kapatika rati ende shia kayalai oronta simuroti akibila akusika buro ekibitika la ashia manduleki akuri abarosi kapitika arusha itasibi andoya eki arusi boti ara atibio osiaka kitaena asunyai hevi se eroka shika boroti asibi atua dadi a adumi oti asai haruti asioko baya. I just really feel that instead of praying, the Holy Spirit just really want you to go into a time where you just appeal to him. Just appeal to him. And I'm going to uh, uh, put a song on. It's called Set a Seal on My Heart. And I ask the Holy Spirit to really minister to you through the song. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord cause his face to shine on you. In Jesus' name.